Good morning, listeners. Welcome to episode 10 of the Kuniki Harriers podcast. Um, first of all, my apologies to Alan McCauley. When I chatted with him a couple of weeks ago, I did promise him a, a kind of week to 10 day turnaround on his podcast. And here we are a fortnight later, um, and I'm still not quite there with it. Um, so I've been out my run this morning and I've stopped at a nearby field and I'm just having a walk around so I can do this. If you hear a helicopter in the background, it's okay that it's not searching the rescue looking for me, um, unless the kids have called them because I've snuck out while we're in bed. Um, hope you're all well. Uh, hope running is going well for you. Running is going well for me just now. Um, what I touched upon on the last, uh, the final thoughts part of uh, episode nine about zone training and RPE, etc. Uh, essentially just slowing down a bit and not running everything balls out, um, if you're a man, I guess. Um, it's working for me, that's for sure. Uh, I am finding that my effort level um, and my pace are in tune with one another just now. Um and I think uh, spending the last few months trudging through the, the snow, the ice, the mud, everything else has really helped with my strength and everything as well. So I'm feeling pretty positive about things. However, I did have a spectacular fall last week, which did knock my confidence a little bit. I was running along a, um, a lane um, near some farmland where I stay just last week. And lo and behold, all of a sudden, someone plucked me and dropped me from a great height. That's certainly what it felt like, and the bruises um, are evidence to support that. Anybody who follows me on Instagram will have been lucky to spot those bruises. Um, A week, what, about 10 days on, I'm still pretty battered and bruised. Um, But uh, hey, I'm getting there. And I'm back out running, which is the main thing. And I'm not too scared about falling again. I've even gone past the part where I fell in order to exercise a demon or two. So nothing broken, just a bruised ego and uh, some bruises all over my body. So so there we are. Um, Hope you enjoyed the last episode with Catherine. It's been some really good feedback. Again, if anybody's got anything that they'd like to contribute, please do get in touch. If there's anything you'd like me to talk about, um, please get in touch. If you'd like me just to be quiet and let you listen to Alan McCauley, then that's exactly what I'm going to do. Enjoy. Hi, it's on. Yep, yep, it's on. Okay. Hi, Alan. How are you? Good, thanks. Yes, good. Good, good. Yeah. Um, we're, we're here to talk about the Davila forest races, um, but before we uh, we go into that, um, do you want to have a wee bit of a chat about your own running over the years? Because for anybody yeah. who doesn't kind of know you, you probably see you as the Davila man. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Um, yeah, well, oh, well, uh, yeah, I've been in the club since whatever it is, 1992, really. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I started running back in 1984, um, just on my own, really. Um, I had played football pri- prior to that and sort of gave that up and then started running on my own, really. And then uh, I thought about joining a club and then, uh, well, eventually I saw that Carnegie were 
uh, had just started at that time. They were about a year, yeah, less than a year old, I think, or about a year old when I started with them. So um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was great, you know. Um, uh, went away back to when it used to be in the high school. It was interesting listening to Pauline about her going back to those days as well. So, yeah, it's totally different from what it was now, you know, in terms of it was old high school and you used to just go off and your groups running and uh, totally enjoyed it. And then you, you built up a heck of a lot of friends over the years, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, um, started off doing the... Uh, at that time, it was a lot of half marathons we were in thing to do, so really enjoyed doing that with the club and the rest of the guys and everything, and then, uh, yeah, built onto the hills through the club, and, um, you yeah, not doing as much now, really, because uh, <laughs> getting too old, <laughs> but, you know, I just enjoy getting out once, twice a week, really, and that's about it, you know? Mm-hmm. So you contact with the clubs obviously you know yeah yeah so did, was the hills then the, the thing that you preferred because you did a lot of that um certainly as, uh, in the time that I've been at the club you, you, it was always the hills that you were um, more partial to yeah well oddly enough four of us from the club went down did the London Marathon in 1996 and uh, we're coming back up it was the late Tom Bowie and Dick Monroe and Willie Larkins, and we said, uh, oh, we fancy something different, you know, because we trained hard for London and all that sort of stuff. So some, one of them said, oh, how about doing the Demiat Hill Race, you know, which was uh, oh, about a month after London. So, oh, all right, we'll give that a go, you know. So um, <laughs> that, that was my first ever hill race, and everyone else is suffering <laughs> after that. And then uh, in London, because the thighs were just absolutely short, you know. So, um, yeah, just then built on from there, just loved it, you know, really just running on the hills and uh, just great, all distances, whether it be short or, you know, not quite ultra distances, but you know, I think the longest I did, we did the Larry Grew and you had the Stuka Croin and whatnot, some of these races were four or five hours out in your feet. But yeah, just, all the big classics. Yeah, the classics, yeah, really, really enjoyed them, really thought they were great, you know. Mm-hmm. Did you have a favourite? Good point. Um Probably Stuka Croin. I liked the Larry Grew and the, um, the two breweries was always good as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, just uh, probably Stuka Croin, really, I think. If, if all, I really liked that. It was a, a, I was kind of put off doing that initially because it was so tough. Or people kept telling me it was so tough and, oh, no, it's a nightmare. But actually, once, once I did it, I've now done that about six or seven times and uh, just think it's fantastic, really. A real test of your sort of endurance and whatnot. And and, and skills, the hill skills will stop. But yeah. it's a great race, really. It's good, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of, uh, I've yet to conquer. Um, I've done quite a lot of the hill races, but that's one. I think uh, Colin builds it up. Uh, into this big um, monster and I think that's put me off a little bit. Yeah, well, that's what put me off initially, but I, I really would definitely, if you've got, you know, it's one for experienced hill runners, mm. but definitely um, I recommend it. Yeah, sure. yeah. Oh, yeah. This is definitely on my to-do list, um, so one day before I get too old uh, to enjoy it or even oh, get to the finish. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, we'll have a chat about Davila then. Um, have you been involved in the race series since the very beginning? Yes. Um, what really what started it off was I became the hill running captain in 2009. And uh, we set up a, a subgroup really just to try and encourage people to 
make the transition from the roads to the to, to well at that time it was hill running you know to get them uh, do a bit more trail running etc so we did um, we, we actually had a lot of sort of runs off-road runs in the area you know and at that time a lot of people were and still are nowadays but probably more people were apprehensive about running off-road and they didn't you know they were um not necessarily going onto the hills but they were wary about uh, where to go and what to do and all this sort of stuff so anyway we organized um quite a lot of um uh, sort of runs locally all really local runs and we did that on sunday mornings and then we did a few during the week where maybe a club night a week did that as well, had an off-road run. So then we decided, oh, it'd be quite good to try and have a club off-road race, you know, a trail race. Because the big problem was, you're talking that sort of hmm, 20, uh, to 2009, 2010-ish, something like that. Um, what was happening, as I mentioned earlier, I used to do a lot of half marathons, but they were becoming less and less because mm -hmm. we're just becoming so expensive um, to yeah. organise and run now with uh, road closures and accessibility and the amount of traffic on the road. So um, we, we sort of reckon, well, let's try and see if we can put on a, a sort of low cost and affordable race for members off road. So yeah, we came up with the idea of um, you know, look at, had a look at the villa and I knew it quite well because I was brought up locally there, knew the area. So um, uh, the first race was in 2012, that's right. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, we mapped out the, the it, was quite, it took quite a bit of organising, the first one really, because um, obviously you've got to work out the route and we reckon then, that, yeah, a, a good 15k route uh, would be ideal, sort of an unusual distance for people running, you know, mm -hmm. on really. And um, I think in Davila, for example, a lot of these, there's a lot of forest roads and whatnot. So it could have been a bit boring, really, just uh, running around the roads yeah. or forest. So we decided let's have a little bit of a, a bit of variety, some off-road stuff and um, uh, around some of the tracks and trails that were in there. So, yeah, we came up with the, the 15K route, which has worked quite well. And then uh, we, the next thing was trying to get, um, when you do a trail race, the big problem with a trail race is, because it's out in the sticks really, is having facilities, uh, changing facilities, car parking, probably more importantly, toilets, you know, so mm -hmm. many these hill races, <laughs> they don't toilets uh, and all this sort of stuff. So um, we came up with the idea of um, the, the police college, which is Scottish Police College, which is right next door, to, obviously, to develop. And that's been great because it's absolutely ticked all the boxes. Um, big car parking for, uh, there. We've got the assembly hall and uh, we've got changing rooms, showers, loads of toilets. And it's just been, it's been great. And mm -hmm. the police college have been really helpful in all the, well, that's now nine, nine years it's been we've had of it. And um, they've been fantastic. You know, it couldn't have been more cooperative really with us. Yeah. And an ideal start, finish. Um, for those who haven't been at it, they, they, both the 15k and the 5k starts on tarmac, and they've got a few hundred yards to run on tarmac, really. But after that, you're right out into the into the forest, which is great. Yeah, that's no, really good. Yeah, yeah, it's a great base, isn't it? I think uh, because you look like you're in a um, you know a kind of busy area, but like you say, a couple of hundred yards up the road, and you're away into the wilderness almost. And another good thing about it as well is the accessibility. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's 
hang in the middle, effectively buying in the middle of Scotland, you know, right next to the uh, Kincardine Bridge and everything. So we've certainly noticed it that um, over the years that uh, we've had entries from all over West Coast Scotland because, you know, it's no distance when they come through mm-hmm. half an hour to Glasgow and they're through there. And that's slightly surprised us initially. I hadn't really thought of it that way. You have, I say, a trail race through in Dunfermline, for example, or east of Dunfermline, you tend to get all just East Coast runners. But certainly in Kincardin, it's um, really has been a magnet for runners from everywhere, right across yeah. Scotland. Yeah. You from the far north. It's been really surprising in many of uh, many West Coast um, runners we've had, which has been yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so this would have been the ten-year anniversary of the um, of the race. So it's, uh, it must be a bit gutting uh, for it not to take place this year. Obviously it can't because of the whole COVID and things, but um, did you have anything special lined up for this year being the 10th anniversary or are you keeping that for next year? Yes, I mean, obviously it's a, it was a big disappointment that we had to call it off this year. Um, we only just scraped in last year um, with, with the ninth one. I mean, for many people, it was virtually the only race they got, you know, in the mm-hmm. whole year. Um, but we knew early doors this day, that this year's race would be off for sure you know so we took the decision I think it was way back in October um, to not even think about postponing it to a, a later date uh, just completely cancel it um, but yeah we've got a, f- a few things I mean I mentioned earlier that um, we've always set it up as a low-cost affordable race at Devilla you know we've never we've kept it really low-key in terms of rewards that they get and then we don't we've never ever had a medal it's all just been a sort of goodie bag after with you know bananas and oh they get the harvest and beer and all that sort of stuff you know yeah. and we just felt that i know a lot of uh, new runners like a medal but we just felt a lot of other you know experienced runners um they get put away you know in the shelf or thrown out or whatever yeah. And the cost a lot of cash, so we're quite proud that we managed to keep the um, entry for both the 15k and the 5k exactly the same over the 10 years. So yeah, to get back to your original question, yeah, we, we will do some sort of a, a one-off memento for next year, but that's to be decided, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the irony of it all is actually, um, I think it probably would be highly doubtful that the race would have gone on this year anyway because because um, of the snow. Because the snow. <laughs> Sunday, I think it would have been pretty much impossible. Oh, the next day, a couple of days afterwards, it thawed out really quickly. But I think it, you know you've got the car parking and just access, accessibility for um, the the runners trying to you know get into the. I'm assuming the police college probably would have it pretty well uh, clear, mind you. But yeah. I think, uh, underfoot conditions might not have been so good. So almost <laughs> certain. And we would have had to make the decision the, the week prior to it, really, when the snow was at its most, really. So I, I would have thought, think the race would have probably have been cancelled or postponed anyway, you know. So it's done us a favour this COVID then. Because <laughs> we have been really fortunate over the years. Um, a few weather issues, but we've never had to cancel or postpone the race, which has been great, particularly mm. when it's a winter race. We've been yeah. very, very Most days we've had it, we've been blessed with really good weather, you know. So um, it's 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 been, and particularly here at this side, I remember one one year in the morning, oh, it was about half past eight, nine o'clock, we're out actually setting up the course, and somebody phoned me from Edinburgh, south of Edinburgh, and said, is the race still on? And I 
it was a lovely sunny day. It was clear. <laughs> yeah, 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 no problem. The guy said, we're stuck on the bypass with the snow. Oh, really? Oh, we don't want to come any further if it's uh, if we find it's going to be off. I said, no, honestly, I said, it's never even thought about it. The snow, it was nothing like it. So anyway, they made it through, you know, so. <laughs> um, but, you know, it just shows we'd, we'd missed that as well that day. You know, yeah. south of the port, there'd been quite a bit of snow, but we, we didn't get anything. It was a lovely day. So, yeah, we'd be lucky that way. So, yeah, so we'll regroup and rebuild for um, 2022 and hopefully... Um, you know, we'll get some ideas in place for, for next year. I mean, yeah. we knew early on it was go- really not going to put, take place. We really didn't get a, get a lot of thought into it for any special things. We just reckon there will be some sort of memento. And, mm-hmm. and it'd be quite nice probably to get, say, past winners back or something like that as well. Maybe a bit of an invitation of certain, you know, certain people back who have been sort of key to the yeah. event and make sure that, you know, they don't miss out in, in running it. So mm-hmm. something like that. Be quite nice, yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Quite special, really. I haven't had it for ten years, you know. And Absolutely. So- um, is it a well-oiled machine then, uh, where everything kind of works like clockwork? Or uh, I, I guess over the years that you, you've had problem after problem, not problem, but you know things occur. Um, you know, one year that you learn from for the next year. Um, so uh, does everything just kind of fall into place on the day? <laughs> <laughs> Does, yes. I, <laughs> um, I mean, we do get complimented uh, on the efficiency of the race, but um, yeah, yeah, I would say that you're right, actually. I mean, the, uh, you learn every year, and um, to be honest, it's set up pretty well now that, um, you, you, yeah, you have the same, what we do in, way back in the summer, you get the organised with the, make sure, got to contact the Forestry Commission to make sure we have access there, the police college that you've accessed there, um, we need to get the, the mountain rescue, so for the first aiders, make sure they're available that day, uh, and then our sort of sponsors, Harbison Brewery, run for it, make sure that you've, you've really about five or six things to do early doors. And that's just a repeat. It's a you know tick the box from last year. Make sure they're all okay. Once that's done, oh the the chip timing company as well. Make mm-hmm. sure they're available on the day. So once that's then done, it's set up, and you just wait till launch day, which is December. Uh, we put that back to December now and have it set up on Entry Central. Press the button, away you go. Get all the entries in. I think as you'll know, it's sold out very quickly. Yeah. So, so then once you do that, it's almost a case of sitting back and, and, and it's really, it's a week before the event and it's the, um, yeah, it's, it's, it can be quite frantic, but, uh, you know, a lot of that, Val has a lot to do with that on the entries, just making sure that the entries are sorted out more in the paperwork and the documentation side, making sure that all that information is then fed over to finish line, the, the chip timing company, uh, and make sure all that's all fed and coordinated and linked up to our entry list so that's in place and then it's a case really of um, picking up all the refreshments Um, we usually do that on the Friday beforehand then after that we'll go and set up in the the college as much as we can do on the Saturday afternoon and we tend to set up a bit of the course in the Saturday afternoon Uh, last year we did a course inspection as well um, because of the winds that were in the winds, yeah. It's quite useful to do it as well, you know, just to Mm. make sure everything's all okay um, the day before. Oh, I tend to maybe have a look around on the bike or something 
midweek or something just to make absolutely sure. And we'll do a couple of recce runs anyway um, with, with club members. So, you know, we're, we're, if there were any on-course problems uh, in advance, we've got that fairly well organised, yeah. And then on the day, yeah, it can be a bit frantic, but we've got it all on. Pretty, you know, you build up the experience and it's pretty much falls into place. Probably one of the biggest issues, although I mentioned we do have a lot of car parking there, but that can, if you don't get that right, that can that can be problematic. You know, you're talking about 700 runners, I call it around about 700 runners and all the cars that are coming in on that basis. And it, you do really need a lot of space and um there's about four or five different car parks here. So the guys that are on the, the car parking duties, I mean, every year, to be fair, they do a great job. Oh. Really good. And it's, um, you know, I don't want to name any of them in case I miss it. <laughs> but, um, but they all know who they are and they've been great. And Because um, one year we did have a, a slight problem. We got in the wrong ca- a car park and there was a bit of a stack back j- down the drive, you know. So yeah. the neck there, but... Um, so we've learned from that as well. Mm-hmm. Fill up car parks um, to the to the best of our advantage, and, and it works really well. It does. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, and generally it uh, it might come over to answer your question. It comes over as a, a well-oiled machine, which it is really. But a lot of it's down to experience. And, yeah. And, and the good people we've got, you know, you, uh, you know, the volunteers and the, the helpers that we have. And, absolutely superb over the years and you know it's great how yeah it's great how everyone just um you know lends their time to help out uh, we've got a small army of volunteers to kind of help um facilitate everything yeah i mean it's great i mean um you know we need something like between 50 and 60 volunteers and helpers and honestly people are not i think they do actually enjoy it really you know and some people there's quite a few don't actually want to run. They're quite happily just taking part in the race itself. And uh, it's it really is good, actually. But, you know, we do have, we manage, say, about mm, 20 of those helpers manage to run as well normally. You know, they're doing yeah. the same parking duties. And then once that's done, our registration, um, once that's finished and completed, they can go, then they go off and, 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 and do the race. So um, we do that. So that, that's great from that side. So that, that works really well. Um, but no, um, it, 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 it's good and it's great. I think it's actually um, helps the club as well. I mean, it, it bonds the, the, the members together, you know, it's a good camaraderie um, mm-hmm. amongst everybody helping out, doing the job. And it's a great advert from the club. Um, we get the feedback we get is, is, is fantastic, you know. To, Every year, the runners all talk about the friendly, cheery marshals on the course and everything. Yeah. Honestly, that goes without fail. Um, we get it every single year. They talk about how friendly and uh, uh, and supportive that all the um, the the marshals are. I think particularly the, the twins and Ken and whatnot at the bog area. <laughs> at the bog, oh yes. Yeah, so um, but all over. I mean, it's great. It really is. They do well, you know. So how does the, the race compare um, in more recent years to how it started? Has it kind of grown or um, changed much? Has the course changed at all? Um, well, ironically, the first year we ran it in 2012, the, I would say the, fo- the forest was sort of completely different. Um, well, talk about having problems with the high winds that we have and everything, but uh, 2012, we... Um, 
the first week in January, it was storm something or other, whatever it was, and uh, it blew, it caused absolute havoc, and um, the the course was just really littered with trees. Um, it was an absolute mess, but the um, it, really the biggest the, high, the biggest amount of damage that's ever been done in the course. And um, what then happened was, they, well, they, I spoke to the college and they and at the college, the Forestry Commission, they gave us insurances that they would have it cleared. And I mean, you kept getting people having recce runs and whatnot. <laughs> You know how bad this is. I'll never be able to run this. In. You couldn't get round some of the trees or anywhere. You or clamber over them, and um, but they kept absolutely guaranteeing that they would have it cleared. And I thought, oh well, that's yeah, fine. Um, so I remember. I think on the Friday afternoon, I went round to check, and they were actually just clearing the the first stretch as you go in through the gates I mean that was completely impossible um, so it, they went really close to the wire the forestry commission and clearing it but they, they stuck totally to the word mm -hmm. uh, the trees were all cleared so that was great so yeah the courses stayed the same but what they've obviously done there was a lot of trees fell then and they've been doing a lot of that's a working forest mm -hmm. there's been um, trees have been felled by the uh, Forest Commission themselves and opened out the forest an awful lot more than it ever used to be, which is good and bad, but there you are, um, it, um, that's what it is. Uh, there's bits of it, it's been the, the roads have been resurfaced, it used to be the old-fashioned pit-bing blaze stuff, it was nice to run on. Yeah. <laughs> it aggregates on in bits, it's can be a bit rough actually shall we say but um okay it's not not in too much of it but um but yeah generally the course has stayed exactly the same and um, we had to make a improvise a bit last year um because of the high the high winds we we took the decision on the day that we'd miss out the the the, the bit the section up around the pepper mill dam because it was just that was exposed to the wind it wasn't really a danger in terms of trees but it wouldn't have been pleasurable, enjoyable um, for the, the runners and even the marshals out up there, you know, standing out for a few hours. So actually, so we, we what we did was we did a, we changed it and amended the, the route. So that they actually did the 5K route effectively twice, really. And it, well, not twice, but they, they did a, a route, a loop of that again. And um, so it made it about a 12 and a half K race rather than a, a 15K. And that, mm -hmm. that was really, it went down really well. Um, yeah, as a one-off. Um, yeah. So you find did the job. But other than that, really, the course, I can think over the years, hasn't really changed. You know, it's um, mm. you know, stayed as it is, really, which has been good. That helps to make it a little bit easier to organise as well, if you know exactly um, where you're putting your signposts and marshals, and you just out you go, and that's it, really. It's, and, and people know the course, the marshals know the course, they know where to go, and that's it, really, yeah. So was the 5k um, a later introduction? Because it started off with just the 15k, is that what no, I mean? no, we, we was did, the 5k on? Aye, we did that in the first year as well. <laughs> right, we just, right. It, it was probably a late, late, I can't remember if it was a later edition. To, no, I think we did actually just start it at the same time. It wasn't, initially, it was a it was a, um, a sort of later thought, anyway, shall we say, but it was after, it, no, it, it's been going 10 years or nine years as well. We just felt that... Um, you know, that was a 15k, which was going to stretch it for people. But um, at that time, there was, and still is obviously there was a, the park runs were starting off, encouraging people to run shorter distances. So we thought, mm, quite a lot of, you know, the 15k might be just a bit too much for um, 
quite a few runners. So let's mm -hmm. give that as a the five k is a bit of an option, and see if we can um, you know and probably make it a wee bit more fa family friendly as well, because um, obviously you know the parents could go or a, a parent could go off and do the fifteen k and the kids and. Um, you know, whether it be husband or wife could then run the the fifty the five k. Um, so that starts about five minutes after the fifteen k. So it's great because the fifteen k runners are all well out of the way. And um, well, we did wonder initially if it would fit in, but yeah, it works an absolute treat. All the the five k runners go off in the loop round the Moorlock, come back, and finish at the same finishing line, the chip timing. So and even the last of the five k runners are always back in before the really fast guys, the first one, two, three in the um, 15K. So yeah, it works. It's worked in a treat, it really has. And I think it's just created a, not quite a festival of running, but um, it's just, it's, it's, it's given a wee bit more of a, a bit of an atmosphere and it keeps people occupied in the, the college as well in that period while the main runners are off, you know, and the, yeah. what's that, you're talking a good hour, no, about an hour before they, the first runners come back just under an hour, really. So, you know, people are hanging around waiting for runners, but if they're seeing the 5K guys coming and going, it's, um, you know, providing a wee bit of entertainment as well. Yeah, uh, so you've not got too long to wait until, you know, the first of them starts to filter no, through. No, no, not at all. You talk about, well, obviously, they're back in whatever it is, 15 minutes, you know, something <laughs> like that. Some of these guys, you know, the fast lads. Are, so, yeah, so it's, it's great. You get all all types really we'll have a cut off in the 15k um, if they're not at the water station in an hour um, they're then sent back in or pulled out or whatever um, and we tell the, the runners at the entrance if they can't do that drop down to the 5k mm -hmm. we do have quite a few doing that you know yeah. be about it and I think it's good from our side because we have had one or two that have well, I think you were last runner was um, <laughs> A few years and it's yeah. was really struggling to get around and it's, to it's get around, uh -huh. you have to try and go all the way around the 15k and struggle in in two hours plus or whatever. And um, so anyway, we give the guys option if they can't do an hour, uh, drop down to the 5k. And quite most people do that. They're quite mm. sensitive. And, um, yeah. So it's worked well, and you'll get the kids all run the 5k and all that as well. So yeah, it's good. It creates a nice sweet atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, it does. As I like to say, it's it's you know it, it's good for people who are who are waiting for people for the from the oh, 15k, and they've got something else just to kind of keep them occupied until uh, they start filtering through. Um, it's a really popular race. We were saying earlier on how it sells out really quickly these days. Uh, and we have a lot of the more local clubs have it on their Grand Prix. Um, so do you think that stimulates a good level of competition sort of within um, clubs themselves and kind of wider um, kind of club on club? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, it's, it's, it, uh, yeah. Obviously, it's really quite encouraging that uh, uh, quite a few of these local clubs do have it in their Grand Prix, and that's great. That really does. And you know, again, we wouldn't want to single any, any of them out at all. But they've all all the local clubs and, and some further away have them on their GP. So it's it's great, and it's good good advert for the club. And I mean, really have attracted um, some good quality runners as well. I mean, last year's event. It was absolutely, I mean, that was the best finish, best race we've had, I would say, of the lot. Um, or quite often you get the, the guy who's first goes away off on his own and he can be a good few minutes in front. But we had um, 
our own Stuart Patterson, uh, Gregor, um, and we had um, James Waldy who actually won it. And um, uh, it was it was great. I mean, the, the three of them, when you look at it, well, obviously when we're in the college, you don't really know what's going uh -huh. on. When you see the photos after, well, we knew I was getting on headphones and walkie-talkies. I knew it, they were nipping up all the way around the three of them. And I mean, they had a, a fantastic race, apparently, you know, and they, they came in into the college and I mean I think there was something like about 12 seconds splitting the three of them uh, really really fantastic running and and they when speaking to them afterwards they thoroughly enjoyed it as well mm -hmm. they, I think they knew they had a great old tussle between the three of them and they're all the best of eights and uh, you know they're all young lads and they, yeah. they were all getting the three and were all getting really on really well and had a really good uh, battle a uh, good pace, and they three then finished a good few minutes, about five minutes in front of us, which is a bit a bit daunting because you. That's one of the concerns we always have uh, in the uh, in the college. That, you know, as people got lost, as yes, the leaders gone off the wrong way, or like in that situation last year, that was the first three home, and then the next three are, uh, or the, the the fourth guy and the fifth are, are about five minutes behind, and you. Worry, you think, oh, what's going on? And they made it. So I'm constantly, constantly, but uh, you're onto the, the marshals because we've got walkie talkies now. Derek Hunter kindly supplies us with um, walkie talkies, and that's a big help because we get a bit of an idea of what's going on, and you know that, you know, when the next runners arriving and whatnot. So it's always um, reassuring to know that they're um, they're coming in really for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, good to see that, um, you know, that kind of top level of, I mean, that, that level, that not that level, but that competition has taken place all throughout the race, you know, from the um, from the kind of top end to the, you know, to the um, kind of slower runners. But uh, it's good to see the first uh, first three battling it out so much and oh. and the difference in time that they've had over the next ones because they've worked so hard. Well, that's right. And obviously, you, you, you see what people are saying is that, yeah, as you say, there's, it's like every other race, everyone's got their own battles going on with their sort of peers and contemporaries and whatnot throughout the race, which is great, you know, it's, it's really good. And obviously, if the clubs are battling away for GP points, mm -hmm. uh, they're taking it seriously. So, yeah, we do get our, we get great support from other clubs. I mean, uh, without exception, really, they've all been very, very good um, in, in supporting us and they want to know and they work with us and they've all been understanding. And what we try and do is, yeah, the race sells out very quickly, as you know, and they always have a, a, a bit of a buffer of a waiting list. And I really do make sure that the club runners get um, from local clubs in particular, you know, get priority and mm -hmm. make sure get all in. And I think the, the secretaries of other clubs appreciate that as well, because we do try and help out and make sure they all their GP um, guys are, are, are actually getting a, a, have entered. And, Generally, that's that's worked quite well. And we've got yeah. to the line if you, you do get some people coming on a week before or whatever, or even mm -hmm. days before, still looking for anything. You just can't do it. You know, you've got to be. Yeah. Yeah. We're we'll trying to do it, can, but it's, you've got to be. We've got to put these um, the, the entry list into the chip timers, and they're then uh, keying that in and whatnot. You know, so it ties up with the chip. So, you know, the the later we take entries, the more chance there is of errors really happening. And, and generally, the results you get the you, we've had the odd one or two mishaps with results over the years, but um, we use finish line chip chip, uh, chip timing. We've had them since day one. Mm -hmm. Been very good, uh, really good. And I mean that's the other thing um, we should have said is um, the great thing is we've been able to keep 
between suppliers and uh, people supporting the event and everything. We've stayed with the same sponsors and whatnot over the years, apart from, you know, sweat. we did have Sweatshop as the um, the sports sponsors. But uh-huh. So we've had Run and Become, Run Become, sorry, not Run Become, Run for it. That have followed up, and we've had they must have been about six or seven years now, and they've been really, really helpful. And you know they put a, a stand, and they didn't, they couldn't, they weren't allowed to do one last year, but they've had a stand at the um, a wee shop at the in the college as well, for about four or five, and that's good. You know, it just gives a wee bit of atmosphere to the assembly room and the entrance hall as well. And um, so, yeah, it's been good. The Harvison supported us with the beer. They've been our beer sponsors right from word go. And um, they've been, they couldn't, in fact, they could really couldn't have been more helpful. And similarly, we've had the Mountain Rescue providing the first aid for about six or seven years now. And they just absolutely love it as well. They just, they, every time you speak to them, ask them if they'll come and do it. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Reservations. And they get the whole team there with the Land Rovers and everything. And that's that's quite a spectacle as well. And yeah. um, it's out know, in course. And I think there's somebody had a, a problem two years ago, I think. And apparently runners were coming back saying, oh, I, you know, they were running out towards where their water station was. And there's a couple of um, Land Rovers with the lights flashing <laughs> heading back to the Somal area but um, it's a bit of a drama but um, you know hardly the fact they ha- we hardly ever need them and we haven't really had, had any serious mm-hmm. casualties but you, you do need to have people like you know first aiders on, on hand and oh absolutely because they're mobile and they can get about the first couple of years it was um it was Andrew's Red Cross or whatever and, and they were fine but they, you know they weren't mobile they were uh, they might rescue and it's good for the club, I feel, to have a good link with the, the Sokols Mountain Rescue. Mm-hmm. I think it's good for the club to have that sort of link with them. Um, because obviously we're doing a lot of hill running and we give them a sponsor. We give them a donation every year, a sizable donation every yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it, it, it keeps it um, fairly consistent as well. If you've got the same agencies coming along um, year after year, then you, you've got that kind of consistency in things and certainly would help uh, with organisation, you know, if yeah. you're just able to go back to the same people and write same again this year, please. So, yeah. Well, that's, that's absolutely right. You, you know, you made the point, you know, it's a well-oiled machine and I think a lot of it, it is, but a lot of it is down to keeping with the same... Um, suppliers helpers whatever really you know um if, if for whatever reason we had to make a major change um yeah that that would be a totally different situation but you know the um, carrier contact at the police college she's been there since day one as well and she's just absolutely spot on couldn't be more helpful yeah. um you know there's been various things security alerts over the years when uh, there was problems and but we thought we might not get access to the college when it was, um, there was you know, a lot of terrorism going on. But no, no, absolutely no problem. And you go. In fact, what they did was um, they started to put a, they put a big boulder at the gate um, to stop access, thinking that terrorists could come in there. And we, so that was a bit of a concern. But we just spoke to her and she said, no, no, we won't. I think they've got a JCB. Every year now they get a JCB in or something or a digger and just move it to the side. And uh, absolutely no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, all these sort of things so no they've been really really good couldn't be more helpful and that's as you say it's just it's keeping the continuity yeah do you think the scope for the race to grow or do you think it's maybe a bit too complicated for that given that it's in a forest and logistics <laughs> yeah so logistics really I think. yeah 
I think I think it's yeah, experience says that's it's such a decent point. I think the, to be honest, the the five K could grow. Uh-huh. Uh, probably you 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 know we do, we've got we take about seven hundred entries for the the fifteen K, and you usually get you know between call offs and whatnot. I think it's about five twenty five five fifty runners on the day. And we have 200, maybe just over 200 runners for the 5K. And we tend to get about 150 probably mm. runners actually running. And yeah, you could take a bit more on the 5K. Um, yeah. I think logistically, I think we'd have to be careful on the 5K. And it's not even just that. It's the um, it's registration. That registration hall gets can get pretty jam-packed full. You tell people to come early. And well, a lot do and um, have the cafe open, the Starbucks cafe, where they say go and have a, a cup of coffee and whatnot before it. And we do get a lot, to be fair, but you still get you know, the 10 o'clock rush. <laughs> you know it's coming, the cars come piling in, but the race starts at 11. You just know fine, no matter what you say to people, come early, avoid this rush at 10 o'clock. Yeah, no, it doesn't quite work that way. Doesn't happen. We're geared up for it. To be fair, it's maybe about 10 to 10, quarter to 10, 10 to 10, they're compiling in, really. And uh, you know what's going to happen. And to be fair, the guys, the marshals out uh, on the car park attendants, uh, they they know and they get it working really well, too. So, um, But you've got to be careful on that. And then registration can get jam-packed full. And the 15K... I think the year we had them, and I can't remember what the exact, maybe it was about 600 runners on it on the day. It's queued away back along that narrow street, actually. So it does take quite a bit yeah. of time the start line. So I would say that's where maxed out, really, mm-hmm. in, in reality, um, with the exception of the, the 5K. If we could get more people to do, and it may be, you know, maybe we need to try and make that a bit more of a competitive. <sighs> Maybe a more competitive type race. It's, it's hard to tell. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'd welcome comments on that, really. But because uh, it is a really good loop, you know, they go yeah, off, yeah. They, they go off the tarmac, and oh, you'll be almost four and a half k of it will be um, on 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 the the good uh, forest surface, really. Which and that very little of that is actually on that aggregates. I was saying it's on the old fashioned. Um, Pit blaze, so it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's a bit more forgiving, I think, isn't I, it? I, yeah. Quite a fast course as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think that's only potential for a bit of uh, increase, but really, the fact the fifteen k is pretty much maxed out. I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you consider having like a summer version and a winter version, or is that just a silly well, idea? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would definitely consider it. Um, I, Potentially, we could do a ten k up there as well. You know, we've got a bit of an idea for. But I think the problem could be getting access to the college. Um, uh-huh. I know last year when we looked at um, postponing the race because of the high winds, um, I couldn't get another date. Um, uh, I could just couldn't, well, I could get one in March, I think it was. But what they do is the um, the Scottish Police College at weekends and whatnot. They rent out all the um, accommodation. For various courses that are going right. on. Oh, it's a wide variety of things. Really strange. I mean, uh, one date they gave us last year, if we could have re-altered, rearranged it, was something like the start of April. But they had Scottish pottery something <laughs> in place there. Um, the Scottish pottery 
club and they were doing all sorts of stuff and they hadn't confirmed the date. It was going to be April, but anyway, that would have been off anyway. Um, but she said, apart from that, it was either the first or the second week in April, they were completely fully booked right through the summer. Uh, so we're quite fortunate that in February, it seems to be their quietest time of the year when there's there's space available really for, for accommodating us. But it looks, but it'd be good to do something in the summer, yes. But um, I think the practicalities of it are maybe just not quite so, so easy, really. Yeah, I never realised it was quite so um, quite so busy, you know, in, in that context that they kind of let it out for, um, for things happening over the weekends. Well, I was the same. I mean, I have... I, some years when we've been there, I've seen, uh, or when we've done recce runs, there's been various other sports people there uh, and used the playing fields, and that's been Scottish whatever, I can't mm. remember what they are now, um, been using it facilities for things. But, yeah, it seems to be quite diverse what they use when they talked about the pottery, but she said, Kerry said, look, no, no, I'm, just, I'm absolutely fully booked with all sorts of things, you know. Interesting. Uh -huh, yeah, that's it. Uh, so I think that's going to be a bit of a limiting factor, unfortunately. But you never know. Never say never, you know. Well, I know. Yeah, it's a watch of space, as they say. Because it's going to be winter, because of the mud. But you can get the mud in the forest in the summer as well. Just oh, well, absolutely. Some sections just don't dry out, really, do they? No. <laughs> exactly. And we've had some years, actually, when the villa, the bog, for example, has been pretty much bone dry. So when it has dried out, you know, so you just... Much to the disappointment of the uh, participants, because <laughs> they do revel in the mud, really, you know, it's uh, a good story for them to go back to. It's like a badge of honour coming back caked in mud. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, it's been great. I mean, we've had some great photos. I remember one year, the guy that finished about fourth or fifth, he, he did a face plant in the ball, and even by the time he got back, he was still covered in muscle uh, <sighs> bra or... Uh, he had the photo and they still, it was circulating around for ages, sitting on one of the benches after the race with a sort of black face. <laughs> oh, it must have been eventful for him. Oh, is, there, is there any year been more stressful than any other? Or is it all just fairly equally <laughs> equally stressful? No, no, 20, uh, 20, the fourth year of it, uh, 2014. Yeah, 2014 or the fourth, the third or fourth year of it, when we had the um, um, the detour, when the race route was uh, sabotaged. Um, yeah, that was without doubt the most uh, stressful. Uh, thankfully, it all worked out because um, what happened was the the race was sabotaged, and the the guys, the race, um, well, all the runners were redirected up. They missed out the ball completely. And they went up through this, and it was all marked out and everything up through this sort of path. And they came out on the on the road on the north side, and uh, ended up. Long story short, they didn't. They missed out the the sawmill section completely. But thankfully, um, some of the um, marshals had the good sense to point them up to the water station, and they, they, they still continued on and did that full loop round by the Pepperwell Dam. Mm -hmm. So I think it ended up again being about a twelve k, but. That was um, pretty pretty scary um, because you know the runners were getting and it was very um, it wasn't good it was very irresponsible because you know to redirect runners away in the middle of a, a, a damp and it was a pretty horrible day in the middle of a forest away from first aiders mm -hmm. and people lost it was a real it was not a good um, 
thing to do at all. Um, yeah, pretty you dangerous. Know. You know, you've got people out in exposed areas where they're not familiar with and expecting to see marshals and if they're not there. Absolutely, yeah, that's it, you know. So you just shouldn't do it. But anyway, it was it was completely sabotaged, but it, it, it worked out. Everybody got round and um, did that. Thanks to the marshals, quick thinking of some of them. Me and Johnson was at the water station, kept them going. I think it was mm-hmm. Paul Kieran and whatnot. It was down at that time. It was down at the crossroads um, where the 5K came around. He, he diverted them up towards the water station. Or it could have been the guys just came back straight back in and it would have been a very short race. <laughs> it wouldn't have been the 10K. It would have been something like about 7 or 8K or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, it, it made... It went wild on um, Facebook or social media, and that then got picked up by the press, and it made the press the next day. And um, but, yeah, so <laughs> a club statement about it, what had happened. I think I think the fact that it had been associated with the police college, you know, I think the the press were ready to latch on to this and think, oh, you know, um, yeah, the conspiracy theorists are out. <laughs> aye, a good story about the police station, about the police college, and. About but anyway, it all worked out fine. Everybody yeah. got all in a good run and um, no damage done, uh, thankfully. But it could have been pretty, it could have been chaotic, really. Mm-hmm. Runners going mm-hmm. all over. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it happened. So, yeah, yeah for me, that doesn't happen again. And we've got lead cyclists going round now in front and even that bit where, uh, where the problem was. Um, I mean, it had been sabotaged in between the, the marshal setting up the course. Uh, which is only about an hour between, so the, the person knew what he was doing basically. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Setting up the course and the, the actual runners coming around, you know. So yeah, um, yeah they knew they knew what was what was involved. So yeah. someone had a grudge against the club. Uh-huh. crazy, crazy thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it wasn't. Um, you know, you could see it could have been malicious kids or something pranks, and that's always a danger. Yeah. A lot of us have been in races where that has happened over the years. You've seen signs turned round and things, but there was more to it than this. to go the, the queues were away back you know for the toilets and um, 
to be fair to the Canadians, the organisers, they said they put a tannoy system out and said, don't panic. He says, this race won't start until there's absolutely nobody on these queues, you know. So, you know, you think about that as well. And Davila, we've had things like that. You know, the toilets in there can be jam-packed full and um, tailback. So we we'll always make sure, generally we manage to make sure Davila always starts at 11 o'clock. But we have had situations where, you know, the toilets have been, and that is a problem, actually. You can yeah. laugh about it, but I think, I think we've all experienced it, really. Yeah. You just can't ever seem to have enough toilets at a race, regardless of its size. So it's things like that. You say, well, hang on, we'll just, we won't start the race until everybody's comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just taking a lot of, you taking a, you know, learn from other people and um, that's about it, really. Yeah, just um, try and make sure you're uh, flexible and, you know, yeah, that, I think that's about it. Mm-hmm. Not, not you can see you've got to make sure that you know you've got all the you know the facilities are available basically before you go and launch event you've just got to make sure as much as possible is available accessible and you've got an agreement you've got to make sure you you get agreement with all the um the neighbors and people users of the forest and all this sort of stuff that you don't upset and it's the same it would be the same with any race you know Mm -hmm. the landowners you've got to make sure you just don't want to upset anybody that uses whether it be the, fa- uh, the, the, the roads in the forest or, you know, the hills, if you're organising a hill race or you're doing a road race, obviously you've got to make sure that the roads are clear or if it's a pass in, in a town or near a town you're going to be on. It's all that type of stuff. And you've got to make sure you've got plenty of signage up. Make sure you've got signage up in advance. We always put uh, signage up about a couple of weeks before the event, just mm-hmm. saying, look, there'll be a race on in two weeks' time at 11 o'clock and et cetera, et cetera. It'll only be on for a short time, a couple of hours between, say, 11 o'clock and 1 o'clock. But, you know, try and avoid it if you can. Avoid it if you can. But if you are, please be respectful to the runners, et cetera, et cetera. And touch wood, we haven't had any problems on, you know, on the um, race, race route at all, really, with all the, the users. So, yeah, it's that type of stuff. You just got to and, and, and set it all out in advance. But, yeah, no, that, that's... Touch with the wall, you know, okay, but and, and again, don't be too complacent as well. That's the next thing, you know. You don't want to over over worry about it, but you don't want to be too complacent either, really, and rely on plenty of people as well. Mm-hmm. That's other thing. Have a good committee or um, a good squad of people like we've got with all the helpers and everything as well in the club. This is great. Yeah, great, lovely. Thanks very much. I'm looking forward to next year's race and hopefully uh, that, you know, that'll all happen and COVID will be a thing of the past or uh, certainly a thing that we can uh, have better control of than we do at the moment. Um, and yeah, thanks very much, Alan. Thanks for your time. Pleasure, thanks.